Alright guys, welcome to episode 144 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we talk about The Nun. Uh, we talk about Bottoms. We talk about Solar Opposites. Olivia Rodrigo's Guts. Uh, I bring back some talk about Utopia from Travis Scott. We talk about Street Fighter Six, Blasphemous, uh, religious theme horror. Uh, we talk about How To With John Wilson, <laughs> The Bear... Fantasy football, uh, regular football, and, you know, about, like, really 100% putting ourselves out there to be hurt again. Uh, <laughs> but I'm first. ready to love again. <laughs> <laughs> but first. So let's start with some things we've been watching. Yep. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you start it off. Yeah. So um, I got a couple things, and then including some of that, you know, you also watched. So I'll get to those um, when we, you know, get to what you've been watching. But uh, I'll start off with a show and a movie. Um, I finished uh, Solar Opposites. Solar Opposites season four, um, and it was pretty solid. I think at this point the show is kind of. You know, the first few seasons, or the first season, maybe the season and a half, I was really like, oh my gosh, like, this is incredible. Like, it's like, it's like really funny, and it's it's got a certain mean spirit to it that, that Rick and Morty doesn't have. Um, and it's got this great subplot um, dealing with, with people who have been shrunk down and put inside of, like, a wall terrarium that looks kind of like a, like an ant farm. But it's like, a, and then it becomes kind of like a dune sort of type thing. But, but anyway, and so, of course, the big issue this year was that, Justin Roiland voices one of the two main aliens in the show. Yeah, I was going to so, say, is he still involved in this after everything? No, no, no. So he was only doing the voice, luckily, so he wasn't really writing. Although I don't think he was writing on Rick and Morty either. He, re- he really wasn't having much of a creative input. He was just kind of doing the voices at this point. Pretty much what okay. Seth MacFarlane does with American Dad and Family Guy. Except uh, Seth MacFarlane's not a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> what? But, <laughs> but um, and so what they did, it's actually kind of clever. They had, they had actor... Um, What's his name? Dan Stevens. He's, he's in a bunch of things. He was like the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. He was in a show called Legion. He's been in a, a couple of things here and there, but he's a British guy. And so basically they had him take over, but he's like, his voice is like extremely British. And so in like the first scene, somebody like karate chops Corvo in the neck. And he's like, ah, I, and like I can't breathe. And then they get like a ray. They're like, get, get the throw ray. And he shoots him and then he sounds British. And he's like, oh my gosh. Oh, I sound like this now. And they're just kind of like their quick fix. Um, and I think he does great. I think the the, 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 the funniness of the show, while it did come from Roiland's delivery a little bit, it also came from the writing and just like what they say. And, and I think it the, the show didn't skip a beat in terms of quality because of um, Stevens taking over for Roiland. Um, but yeah, it's solid. It's just like a little sci-fi show. You know, each it's like a sitcom, right? So, you know, each one doesn't lead to the other one. Although each season's season premiere and ending sort of um link up to each to like each other so like the, okay yeah. um so like you know like it, this is basically like a direct continuation of the last season's season finale and i'm sure next season's premiere will be a continuation of this year's season finale 
Um, but yeah, it's solid. It's a good time. I think if you like Rick and Morty, if you like Solar Opposites, check it out. Um, it's so interesting because every single show or every single big animated show has a a sort of a of a stepchild or a stepbrother or like a an offspring that sometimes it becomes better for a little bit or becomes really popular and then sometimes it you know it sort of becomes its own thing but it always is the second fiddle right like for the simpsons it was futurama and for family guy it was american dad and then for um rick and morty it's solar opposites so i think i don't think any of the shows that i meant that i named are bad but it's always interesting how you know they'll never be as big as what they came from right like nobody's gonna you might think that some american dad seasons are better than family guy and i would agree but i don't think it'll ever be as big of a cultural sort of um footprint as the original show and i feel like this is the same um what's funny is i feel like man i feel like futurama is like almost as good as like family guy and rick and morty like Mm -hmm. it it's but like it's a it's in that tier but like you said the problem is it came from the simpsons which right. is like <laughs> like nothing's gonna touch the simpsons right, really like, like in the grand scheme of things like, right pretty much like a top three show all time like ever ever right. yeah um but um but yeah yeah that's solar opposites season four good time it's on hulu and then the movie i watched was the nun 2 i watched that okay. last night and it was like a big movie this past weekend um and it was just mid you know, it's it, it's it's exactly it's so interesting watching a movie like this because even though I love the Conjuring movies and I like I think one of the sequels of the Annabelle movies I forget which one um, I think they're they're above average it's or you know it's interesting to see a movie like this because this is exactly what all horror movies used to be in like the mid two thousands right um, okay this sort of like all right I've read just sorry I hadn't heard of this movie at all and then mm-hmm. I read the plot and I was like yeah all right. Like, can I just read it? I know you saw it, but, like, the plot, it says, is in 1956, of course, uh, France, a priest is violently murdered, and Sister Irene investigates. She once again comes face-to-face with a powerful evil. With okay. a titular nun. Well, actually, the, the nun Irene, it's interesting, like, you watch it, and you're like, wait, the nun isn't the evil demon, because the evil demon's just taken the form of a nun. The, the quote, quote, the titular nun is... No, no, Irene. It's pretty cool, but anyway, um, it's just it's just like the same stuff that we used to have in the two thousands, right? It's just like somebody walks in. It's like a you know, the Ring was a good version of that, but how many Ring spinoffs did we have? Like one missed call, and even the Grudge, which is fine, it's not great. It's the same sort of like somebody shows up, and there's a spooky supernatural thing, and then it spooks them, but it might kill them, and and it's exactly what I've talked to here before, where I fucking I really don't think I like supernatural or like. Yeah, like supernatural, like religious supernatural, or even just regular like smile supernatural um, horror movies, because I'm like, why the fuck doesn't the nun just do that the whole time? Like early on, <laughs> there's like a kid that's running away, and she's like, oh, oh, and she grabs the kid by the neck and like pulls up and like snaps its neck, and then you, like it's eating it, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. And then you just go, well, why doesn't it just do that with the protagonist? If it can just come and go at will, right? Like it's not even like. Like, there's some movies where it's like, even Freddy, right? It's like, well, yeah. you know, it has to be in his sleep. There's limits. Or it feeds off the fear. It's not strong enough until you, it gets in a fear. Then it can kill you. Whereas this, I'm like, there is no rules to the nun. Like, is the nun only out at night? Is the nun, does it, you know, if you know a prayer, does it go away? Like, there's no, and it doesn't talk. So then there's no, like, sort of, uh, you know, like, it, it, and there's no sort of backstory as to motive, right? Because it's a demon that takes the form of a nun. 
And right. what would be better or have more pathos or be scarier is that if it was a nun who got fucked over by the church somehow, maybe sexual assault, or maybe they murdered her kid on accident, or maybe they, they did something to her that, that, that she used to be a nun, used to be fully committed to the cause, and then something happened religiously that just like, you know, she was down at her lowest and then a demon came and was like, hey, you want to make a deal with the devil? And she's like, yes. And then she became an evil demon, an evil nun, right? Because right. then when she kills things, then you go, oh. You know, there used to be a person there, and there's a hint of sadness. You know, they pushed her. She made a deal with the devil because she had no other way. Yeah. You know, those those teenagers were fucking when he drowned. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That's why he hates us. Right. So at least now you have some sort of motive. This is just a demon. So then it's like, uh, right. So it's so cool, to, or it's not cool, but it's 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 interesting to watch. Oh yeah, that's what they used to be, right? Like we always say, you know, yeah. the, I'm, the the Marvel movies are action movies. They're all great, and at this point, there's no way that there's a bad one. I mean, unless you're fucking Ant Man three, but there's no way that you're a bad one, like Black Widow or Shang Chi or you know, or even Ant Man two or any of these because you know I remember when we were in the woods when we had Elektra when we had Daredevil, and this is like that where it's like now right. I see something like Talk to Me or um, uh, Malignant or Barbarian, and I'm like, you know what? I appreciate you even more for not being just mid like the nun like it's not bad because <laughs> it does look great and there's these great you know sort of uh post-world war ii look it looks it looks expensive the nun looks good it looks scary like there's no chintzy shitty special effects like it looks good it's just you can see what we've grown beyond and what we used to be so it's pretty cool right. in, in that sense or it's um, interesting in that sense but if you are a fan of the conjuring movies you love them like the universe movies like annabelle and the, the is nuns. this in that universe mm-hmm Okay. Yeah, so so the nun was originally in the the Conjuring too. It was like a little side demon, and then they just spun off from there. Okay. Um, so it's like Annabelle. There's like three Annabelle movies. There's two nun movies, and there's three Conjuring movies, and they're all sort of in the same you know like universe or whatever. Okay. Um, if you love those movies, check it out. It's more you know more of your jam. If you don't like those movies, or if you've never seen like the first nun, or if you've never seen like maybe like just the first Conjuring, you can skip it. Go see Talk to Me. There's plenty of better horror movies, especially now that we're getting into like the, the spooky season in October and Halloween. Um, but uh, yeah, those are two things I've been watching. Um, what have What have you been up to? All right, so uh, we have two things that we have in common. So I'll leave that for a second. And what I will say is, uh, I. All right, so this uh, I don't know if this is a term that you would be 100% familiar with. I feel like it is, just based on Overwatch, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the the phrase being tilted, right? You know you know what that is, right? Um, I don't think okay, so. Okay, no. so no. So, so in, in a lot of competitive games, like I've heard it in League of Legends and fighting games and stuff like that, um, people be like, there's it, there's a thing that they've basically just described as being tilted, and with what the, it's just uh, when you go full tilt and you're just like 100 percent in on having a shitty time and being upset about something. So mm-hmm. uh, being full tilt would be in Overwatch, like if you have a game uh, and like two games in a row you deal with uh, fucking X hero. I can't even think of one that's broke as shit at the moment. Um, but like X hero, that's way too strong. And then you lose twice and like, you just spend the rest of the time playing being like this fucking game. So stupid. Like every, and, and then you play worse because you're mad. So, um, like, uh, what's it called? Hate watching? Like you're watching a shitty TV uh, show. Yeah. I kind of like that. Um, but Hate watching is watching a shitty TV show so you can have fun hating on it. This is more just like 
it's routine. Like you were like, you decided I'm going to play Overwatch and then you start playing Overwatch and you have a bad fucking time. But in your head, you're like, I'm playing Overwatch. So you just keep fucking playing it, even though you're having a bad time. Mm -hmm. Um, So Street Fighter uh, has been fucking tilting me because I started uh, when I played the rank system, I started at bronze um, and I have worked my way up to almost out of platinum which is like the next to last rank mm-hmm. and now i'm just fucking stuck and like i'm just getting shit on by people and so like I, to stop myself from tilting like i the moment i'm like this game's fucking stupid i i just i'm like all right i'm just gonna step away so what that has led to is i'm playing another game and i have burned through some fucking tv shows because i can usually only get like two or three matches in before i'm like this game's fucking stupid mm-hmm. so <laughs> Um, I'll talk about the game, uh, I picked up, uh, it's called Blasphemous, mm-hmm. um, I do not know when it came out, I know it's originally a PS4 game, um, the first Blasphemous came out 2019, mm. um, it is on Steam as well, uh, it is a Metroidvania, which I don't know if you, you remember. like Castlevania and Metroid? Yeah, so, like, side-scrolling, mm. uh, like, mm. 2D, but, like, uh dungeon crawler basically mm-hmm. like you it's not just one screen to another it's like a sprawling grid that you're trying to navigate there's puzzles all around there's secrets all around that kind of thing mm-hmm. um so i'm playing that uh it's really really fucking good uh you mentioned it uh the religious spiritual thing uh so this clearly ha- first of all it's named a blasphemous so it's obviously got a religious uh tone to it mm-hmm. um it's Alright, so I don't, I'm not super in touch with a lot of religion, uh, but I know the game is made, was made, uh, by Spanish people, uh, in, like, in Spain. In Spain, yeah. Um, uh, it seems very Catholic, uh, to me, like, it Mm -hmm. seems, they, they obviously don't call it, uh, you know, Catholicism, and it's, um, it's not God, it's, uh, also before I say this, um, because it's made in Spain, uh, one of my friends, he's like, look, there's, it automatically has subtitles no matter what, he's like, just, just put it in Spanish, and, because he had listened to, like, different languages, and the Spanish voice acting in this is fucking incredible, like, and as someone who doesn't speak Spanish, I can just tell their voices and, like, the, I don't know. It just the voice actor seems better in Spanish, mm-hmm. um, but they but they call it uh, fucking El Miraclo, uh, the the miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like that's, and basically you play a silent protagonist who's taken a vow of silence for whatever he's doing, and uh, you're just trying to figure out what the miracle is because it's basically that like a godlike figure that they've dubbed to the miracle has, like, given people blessings, but the blessings can basically be blessings or curses. Uh, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of, you know, like, um, you know, this is a kiss from God, but for me it has led to this, which is, like, yeah. ruin. Um, so you're dealing with a lot of that. You're trying to, like, piece together stuff. Anyways, the, mm-hmm. the combat's great. It's very fucking hard, but it's, uh, it's good. And there's not like a significant penalty for dying in any real way. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it knows that you're going to die a lot. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing that. It's very nice. good. It's super fucking brutal. Um, like when you do an execution on an enemy, it is mm-hmm. just some of the most heinous shit. Um, but it's like super fun. Mortal Kombat kind of shit? Uh, yeah. But all right. So this is very, um, 
I, I don't know what the correct term is, but it's a, it's, it's a bit, I guess is what I would say. It's not like 8-bit or whatever, but it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking pixelated. Um, so the gore's not like super... You're not super zoomed in on your character, and it is pixelated, but like... You, there's like one of the executions. You like stab, stab a guy in his gut, and when you pull your sword out, his guts fall on the ground, and then you're holding him by his head, and you just smash his head into the guts twice. And it's like it's like okay, that's that's aggressive. Um, the opening, your dude puts on his like uh, religious uh, garment, which for him has like this giant metal cone for a helmet mm-hmm. that covers his face, uh, like it has a mask on it. The very first thing that happens is he, in a cinematic, he kills a thing or stabs a thing, and he fills the cone helmet up with blood and puts it over his head. Like it's <laughs> it's like all brutal. Um, and I, I think uh, the movies kind of like the nun, like you're talking about, they can get kind of stupid. But I do think mm-hmm. when done well, like religious, like religion based horror, like can be some of the most unsettling stuff, I feel like. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go see The Exorcist in a couple weeks. I'm very excited. But it's like one of those, it's like, I know when done well, it could be really good. Like, that's really good. Um, God, what's another one that's really fucking creepy? Yeah, like the original Exorcist is just like yeah. legitimately like one of the creepiest shits I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Guillermo del Toro does a lot of horror with religion. His stuff is usually pretty good. Yeah, so this is that. Like, I... Yeah. It, it, um. It's not necessarily horror, but, like, there's obviously a lot of, like, weird kind of, like, unsettling shit going on all the time. Uh, so, definitely, uh, definitely, theme, like, I love the theme of it. I love the way it looks. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's really good. Uh, it's very, if you're not into Metroidvania, you probably wouldn't get it. But, I mean, it's 2019. I don't know how expensive it would be. But um, if it sounds interesting at all, I'd check it out. I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it's pretty recent, but four years ago, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes, uh, yeah, and there's a second one, uh, but I'm obviously going to finish the first one before I yeah. touch the second one. So, yeah, um, that's that's uh, what I've been doing other than the things we share, so I'll let you touch on some any, anything other than those two. Yeah, um, I also uh, went to see another movie called, I'll do, actually I'll do two, I'll do a movie and an album. Um, I went to see the movie called Bottoms. Um, okay. and it's a comedy and it's about, uh, two girls, two lesbians in high school who, you know, they're, they're like, um, unpopular and like nobody really likes them. Um, and so they come up with the idea that they can meet girls if they start like a self-defense class, like a fight club kind of thing. And that's sort of mm-hmm. just the premise of the movie. And so this movie, it, it's like a high school comedy, but think about it. Did you ever see the movie? Um, not another teen movie, Do you know? Have you Probably. ever seen that or heard of it? It's like uh, got Chris Evans Chris in it. Evans? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. he plays like the high school, the cool high school yeah. guy, Jake Weiler. And um, <laughs> it, it's like a, a parody of like those high school movies from the late 90s. So like, right. she's all that and 10 Things I Hate About You. And it's like the big fo- varsity blues, right? Like, right, right. he's a football player who doesn't want to be a football player. But he, no, you know, he's trying to get the girl who's like ugly, but she's ugly. Her, her literally, the only way she's ugly is because she has glasses and a pony. Yeah, thing. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like that, and so it's it's like wacky, it's like a spoof, but it's like it's not quite like a scary movie. It's like a just like a little bit, you know, if spoof. If like scary movie one, two, three, or like a hundred, this is like a you know that movie's like eighty five or ninety, right? Yeah. And so this is like in that vein, 
And, you know, like all the football players, they all wear their football uniforms during the home movie, right? They, the class starts and he's like, ring the bell and they have a scene. And then it like three minutes later, the bell rings again. And somebody goes, wait, that, that was the whole class, right? And he's like, in the class, and everybody leaves. And like Marshawn Lynch is one of the one of the teachers and like that kind of, you know, you can imagine okay. what comes from that. And so the movie I thought was pretty fun. I think, you know, I, I think right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a 97, 98. And it's 100% one of those movies where everybody just liked it okay. Or I know some people yeah. liked it a little bit more, but I think there's no way that you can come out of this and be like, that movie stink. Because it is clever. It is funny. There's some good performances. It's not that okay, but it's 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 like it's not as good as earlier this year. I talked about the um, Jennifer Lawrence movie, um, No Hard Feelings. Yeah. I talked about Joyride. This is like a notch, like a tiny, tiny notch below that. But all three of those are pretty good. And like I've said here many times, we need to have mid movies so that we can eventually have the great ones. Um, and I think the movie would have been better if it would have been better. <laughs> no, it would have been better mm-hmm. if. So this is operating. I saw a tweet that summarized it perfectly when I came home. This movie is operating at not another teen movie at like 45% where it needed to be like 60%. Okay. Um, because sometimes the movie tries to do very outlandish, wacky things. And you're like, okay, movie, I, I see. I hear your wavelength. I'm there. I'm there. And then it tries to have some scenes that are kind of a little bit more serious. And then it kind of, you kind of go, wait, oh, it gives you a little bit of a whiplash, right? Yeah. And then at the end, th- there's like stakes. But, they're, you know, even the spoof movies have stakes, right? Like, like even... Even, you know, not another teen movie, he has, he's trying to get the girl right into the airport, even though it's a little bit goofy. He's trying to win the football game, even though it's like a spoofy, you know, Mr. T's there, I right. think, in the rain <laughs> or some right. shit. So, um, there's like stakes, right? And this one, it never really sets them up well enough. So, by the end, it's just being goofy and wacky. And I'm like, okay, but it's just being goofy and wacky for being goofy and wacky's sake, right? There's like no right. extra oomph under it. Right. Um, but it's fun. It's a, it's a fun high school comedy. I thought it was good. I know I'm in the minority saying that it, I think it's just good. I know some people love it. Um, Sydney loved it. And I had some friends who, some, and some friends and some people who love listening to him podcasts were like, oh my God, it's the funniest movie of the year. It's not. But um, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a fine, fun time. And that's, okay. um, yeah, uh, bottoms. And then uh, the uh, album is Olivia Rodrigo's Guts. And I'm only mentioning okay. it because I think it was a big release this, this uh, past weekend. And it's... Um, she was a former Disney star, and she had an album a couple years ago that was pretty big. And then this is her sophomore album, and it's um, it's just a big, loud, like sort of rock, uh, rock, rock, pop, uh, like sort of a tinge of punk. Um, think about like like bubblegum punk kind of sound, um, and it sounds really good. And there's some really good songs. So I think if you like the stuff from like the 2000s, like sort of early 2000s, like a simple like simple plan, or even something like Fallout Boy, that sort of at the time sort of viewed as like disposable uh, stepchild of alternative rock, kind of uh, mm-hmm. leering into oh, a Katy Perry early early Katy Perry sound. I think this would be uh, right up your alley, and I think she um, has a great sound and a, a great. Um, sort of a great talent for writing too i think she has some really good songs that even if you're like me over 30 i think you'll relate to them even though you know it's kind of past our prime or past our like window of of really um enjoying it uh but uh, yeah that's a bottoms pretty good and uh, louis rodrigo's uh album guts which is fantastic okay um the only thing album related i want to bring up is uh I've meant to bring this up like the past two recordings. Um, 
after spending more time with Travis Scott's album, mm-hmm. that shit is actually really fucking good. Like, I there's I I don't have any skips. I don't think like this is. It's like a really strong album. It might be my favorite of his albums. Nice, um, nice. I, I need to give it more listens. I have not given it a chance. I'm not as full as I did Astro World or you know the Rodeo or uh, what's the other one? Birds in the Trap. So I need to go. I need to like really be like listening to it or like put it on shuffle as I work and like really sort of let myself get used to it and see what. Yeah, I, I, I yeah I think it's like I said I think it's probably his best project in in my opinion, which is weird because I don't feel like. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, like Astro World was much bigger. I feel like in terms of like people, it was a much bigger thing when it dropped. Mm-hmm. That that pretty fair. Like it was much more. Yeah. In oh the, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, Sicko Mode went number one. I think. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Yeah, but ultimately, I think I like this album as a whole better than Astro World. And um, I haven't listened to the birds sing Trap McKnight. I haven't listened to that much. And um, I wasn't super huge on uh, Rodeo or Days Before Rodeo. Um, but mm-hmm. either way, I mean, I, I, I legitimately think this is probably his best project. So I just wanted to say that I, I, nice. I don't yeah, I gotta, have any skips. Yeah, I got to listen to it again. I got to give him more of a chance. I haven't been good about going back to it. Yeah. Um, also, there's a there's a song uh, on the album. I think it's it is either "Lost Forever" or "Forever Lost." I can't mm-hmm. remember. It's, it's those two words, "Lost Forever," um, and it starts as like this kind of slow meandering song, mm-hmm. and it's featuring West Side Gun. And when he comes in, it just it cha- it's so ridiculous. I love it so much. Um, it, it just becomes like a very upbeat, like, yeah. I don't know if upbeat's the right word, high tempo. Uh, and it's just, I mean, Westside Guns throwing in ad libs all over the thing. <laughs> I think I remember you mentioning that you're like, when I, when I, when I was looking at the thing, you were like, and I saw the, who was on it and I was like, what the fuck is this? Okay, like, yeah, why, yeah. why are they doing on there? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but like, as you listen to it, it's weird. Cause like, I, it took me a few listens to realize those were the same song. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's a beat switch in the middle, and so oh, it's so like mm-hmm. different. And I like then I was like, oh, this is that song. Like it's one song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it's. I mean, he he's going off. I love it. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was just. I wanted to bring that back to say. I, I nice. Think this is uh, my favorite album of his. Nice. All right. So, was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we move to the uh, the the two big ones that we've both watched? Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I could do uh, two more real quick. I watched uh, Wicked, finally the musical Wicked, and it was pretty cool. It's um, you know, it's like about it's like a prequel to the Wizard of Oz. It's like what the story, real story behind Oz, and um, it was good and it was nice. It was good to see it because the, there's a movie version coming out next year, and it's like and this a is based on a book, uh, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, the movie comes out next year. And so I was like, well, I want to see the movie. I want to see like the musical. And they came through on Deepak. So I was like, you know what? Everybody's always talking about how it's like their favorite. And I've never seen it. And it was pretty good. The songs were good. And you can definitely tell that it was made, you know, this century um, compared to something like Les Mis, which I went to see a couple months ago that was made in like the 80s. You can tell okay. that the songs are much more, 
it's kind of like watching a, a sort of like a stereotypical movie from now or the 2000s versus a stereotypical movie from the 80s. You can tell there's like a higher tempo. You know, they don't really want to waste time. You know, you can tell that people right. are, you know, they got notes like, you know, we don't want to fucking dilly die here. Let's let's kind of keep this show on the road kind of thing. Um, so that was good. And uh, I also, uh, the Alamo had, or the Alamo is this whole month doing Stanley Kubrick movies. And they have like all of them. They, they, yeah, they have all of these movies. I'm going to go see Eyes Wide Shut in a couple weeks. And I've already seen The Shining in theaters. I saw it at the Alamo a couple years ago, so I'm not going to see that. And then I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey in theaters a couple years ago as well. So I'm not going to see that either. But they had a couple other ones that didn't work. But what I did get the chance to see this week was Dr. Strangelove or colon How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And this is, a, I think, pretty much his only comedy. It's a comedy about uh, the, like, um, the Cold War, like something happens where it sets up a chain reaction of like impending like nuclear war and like somebody's going to, and they're trying to stop it. Like, right. Like the, the, the president and everybody's trying to stop it. Um, and it's funny. Like, it's really cool. It's 90 minutes. It's really breezy. The comedy is weirdly like super, um, like it feels very modern. Like, cause that kind of stuff that you would see now. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it's great. I'd seen it in high school. And I and like on TV, but I'd never. I was surprised by how much I remembered from it. Um, but it was nice to see it on like a big screen. And now I'm like, you know what? I, I definitely feel. Um, yeah, it looks great. Like it, these, the, he like even though it's a comedy, you know. Yeah, as I was watching this, I'm like, God damn! Like this is the difference between shit like this and like bottoms because bottoms. As I was watching it, they you just put the camera wherever. Like it doesn't matter. Like there's no sort of <laughs> right. like there's no sort of intent to have comedy displayed via via visually, you know. There's a great shot early on where you can see that it has like the, the the school like mascot in the background like this huge words, but like they could have moved the camera ever so slightly and they would have been like it would have looked great behind the characters, but instead the characters are like in front of it and then there's like a big blank sky behind it. So I'm like Whoa. Learn to frame, right? Like, learn to give me visually something that isn't just a camera in, like, a like a fucking gymnasium, right? Give me something, right? And this is, like, that, right? Where he has these, like, like cameras that pan as, as he, like, moves or has he, across these offices. And then, like, there's this huge table and it takes up the whole frame. And then, it, like, this, like, it, like, people, like, somebody turns and then there, it looks like this cascade of people, like, behind them because they're all around the table. Like, it, it's, like, somebody who, like, goes, like, it's not just about making something funny. It has to look good and i don't think there's anybody right now who is doing that who gives a fuck about a comedy looking good and i blame fucking judd apatow because he would just yeah i was gonna say it's it's the judd apatow Apatow. he just puts a camera wherever he doesn't give a shit he's like i don't know anything about these cameras just put it wherever if people are funny they're funny like it's basically like you know 180 you know behind the shoulder kind of shit i'm like no we need to give a fuck about something being funny and then making it look good um, I mean, shit, even something like Scary Movie does a good job of that, right? Does a good yeah. job of putting visual gags in the space and thinking about that um, as it, as it, um, you know, instead of just being like camera, goof, or, you know, uh, fucking improvise. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was pretty good. And so, yeah, so that's uh, Wicked and Dr. Strangelove. Um, and... So that Patel's directing style is... Uh, uh... What's the word I want to put it? Non-existent? Uh, well, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> I guess I mean like um, Judd Apatow's success is Steph Curry, which is to say that like, you know, Steph Curry is the best three-point shooter of all time probably. And, mm. uh, you know, Judd Apatow like had, it kind of just put the camera wherever, but like, 
between like trusting the right people to improvise in the right spots and also i'm assuming like he his writing is pretty solid for it to always turn out relatively well like his writing must be really good or at least his ideas um but like now everybody thinks they can shoot threes from anywhere and and, like so now Mm -hmm. people are like yeah just fucking put the camera wherever we'll just have jokes and it's like yeah yeah but you're not the you're not quite that guy. Right. Exactly. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Um. <laughs> and some people can do it. If you want to be naturalistic, you can, some people, you know, they can just put, you know, it can be like, you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It can look, you know, it doesn't matter because my writing's good. It's like, no, you know, some people are trying. Some people like Wes Anderson, maybe it's too much. Maybe you should mm. pull back, you know, make yeah. it more human. But I guess that, that's just this thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's exactly, it's a perfect comparison. It's like, you're not him. And, it's not easy being him because it takes a lot of work, right? He fucking was in comedy for 20, 30 years before he got big. Right, right exactly. Um, and it's not that you're not funny. Like, you're you're a good shooter, but, like, you, maybe you should kind of pull it back and be coming off screens instead of pulling yeah. up from half court. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, oh, and that's why, you know, something like, you know, over the last year, I'm like, man, am I like, like, why do I, I find myself, like, being super uh verbal and supportive of something like across the spider-verse or ninja turtles or puss in boots but that's because they look great and they're very funny right they give me something to look at and they're both they're, they try to be very very funny and there's something there right like especially spider-verse right. especially ninja turtles right there's this you know they're saying great lines but then there's this great tableau of like actual stuff to look at actual you know um it's called a composition that isn't right. It's evident. The, it's the reason why it was such a big deal when Spider-Verse came out because the status quo like of, uh, you know, Pixar and, and Disney had just become pretty stale visually. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, here's what they all look like. Kind of like mm-hmm. talking about the comedies, you know, like, Oh, we're just throwing a camera wherever. Okay. Um, and it's like, I don't, I don't know that the story of a, in, in, into the Spider-Verse. I don't know that the mm-hmm. story of that is significantly better than the story in Pixar and Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's really good, but like it, where it stands out is that it's so like compelling visually. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, it, you know, that keeps you super engaged with, with all the other aspects. Yeah. And it's kind of what, I mean, it's sort of, I, I, I um, I remember mentioning this probably in like episode two or three of this podcast, which, you know, I remember saying it's like these days, everybody and anybody can do photorealistic characters. Mm-hmm. What's going to win the game is style. And even now, you know, two or three years later, now that AI art is a thing, it's even more evident, right? Yeah, right. The computers can be able to do the most beautiful photorealistic bullshit ever, but it doesn't fucking matter because it's not real. Like it doesn't have any sort of human element to it right it doesn't have any style like a fucking computer could never have come up with anything approaching spider-verse right 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 or if it did it would have been a piece of shit right, <laughs> right. so um but uh yeah all that to say comedies need to have visual stuff like they used to so that we give a fuck when we watch them and it's not just people in a gymnasium or girls sitting in front of a giant sign yeah like a comedy has uh somewhat kind of just comedy movies i feel like have somewhat just kind of turned into sketch shows yeah 
you know what I mean? Like it's like yep. here's a wacky idea, and we so let's put them here and do this thing. All right, on to the next one. You know what I mean? Like set the camera down, do the joke, on to the next one, as opposed yep. to like let's make a movie that's funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, that would be great to go back to do that. Edgar um, Wright. I'm just. I was like, who does that? Edgar Wright. He does a great job of doing that. Basically. Oh yeah, exactly. Hot Fuzz, Shaun mm-hmm. of the Dead. Yep. Legitimate movies that are funny, as yes. opposed to just something to laugh at, if that right. makes sense. Um, yeah. Alright, so let's uh let's let's move from this to the, the two that we've watched. Which one do you want to talk about first? Should we talk about uh the bear first since it's a little older, right? Yeah. Like season mm-hmm. two finished a little while ago. Yeah. Um So I finished uh, how to with John Wilson in the past two weeks, and I, after I finished it, I was like, "Hey, what should I watch?" And you're like, "You should probably watch The Bear." And because I have been tilting in Street Fighter Six, uh, mm-hmm. I have frequently ditched it to watch TV. Uh, so I burned through two seasons of The Bear in probably a week. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I went through it so fast, and uh, I will say the biggest chunk of it has been. On, uh, on the weekend at night, um, I, I'll watch an episode at like nine thirty, and then I will look up, and it will be eleven thirty, and I'm four episodes down because <laughs> this show's fucking incredible. Um, it's so weird because it's, uh, I don't know, like it, uh, I don't know how to place it. It's not. It doesn't feel like prestige TV, I guess mm-hmm. is what I would say, right? Right. But it is so fucking good um, that, like, I feel like it has to be. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like it's uh, whatever you would call the opposite of Oscar bait, right? Yeah. Like, it's not stuffy just for the sake of being stuffy. Right. It I would is... say it's, it's like Breaking Bad in that Breaking Bad, I think it was just going to be, a, like, a, like, a good drama, like, a good, like, sort of crime thriller, and then... Yeah. After everybody got onto it, and even Game of Thrones, too, I think both of those. Game of Thrones was just trying to be really good fantasy, or a really good adaptation of a series, and then it just turns out, oh, this is, you know, when's best drama? And they're like, we were just trying to, we were just trying to make a fucking fantasy show, like, right? Like, we were just trying to make a crime yeah. drama. Maybe later on they were like, well, you know, it's about the fall of a man's soul, or whatever the fuck, <laughs> right? But, you know, um, early on it's very funny. Breaking Bad is very funny, right? It's just trying to be a yeah. nice, like, sort of, like, Coen Brothers, sort of, like, this guy's doing wacky stuff, and he's got... Yeah, I mean, he's in his shirt, in his underwear, out in the middle. Of right, right. And a fucking body burned through the ceiling, right? Like, it's yeah. like, you know, it's not... It becomes a little bit more self-serious in the way that every everything does, like Harry Potter and everything else. But I feel like that's kind of what I feel like this is, right? Like, nobody comes out to... It's not the crown, right? Where it's like, we're making a stuffy drama about the, 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 the royal family, right? It's just yeah, exactly. a show about a restaurant. Yeah, it's a show about a restaurant. And the thing is, man, the the characters are the character work is legitimately incredible. I feel mm-hmm. like um every character has its ex- like own personality. Um they feel distinct. Um it doesn't just feel like a mod where they just they give certain things to certain characters just so they're on screen. Like it, everything feels very intentional uh and Boy, I just, uh, I, I just could not pull myself away from it. Like, uh, man, and it's, 
God, the first season a little more, but even the second, I, I think the second season's better, but it has less of the like addictive quality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of that first season is like. It's something that could get old, but it's like shit is hitting the fan every yes. episode, mm-hmm. and it's like, mm-hmm. God, what the fuck is gonna happen next? Like, like holy right. shit. Um, yes, I think season two. It, it that's what I, I, mean, I think I mentioned it when I watched it a little bit ago. Where I think I think what makes it season two better than something like a season two of any other show, or even something a show that I really like, like um, Only Murders in the Building. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same. But again, maybe like a little different. And I think that's what I love about this, where it's like, it, it's the same stuff, but it, it definitely tries to go, well, let's change it up a little bit, right? Let's let's dedicate an episode to each member of the crew and see what they're up to, right? Like for the most yep. part. Or, and it, and it, it delves more deeply into that character stuff mm-hmm. that I was talking about. Whereas like, yes. the first one is these characters. The show is about these characters dealing with this fucked up situation. Whereas in the second season, the show is about a fucked up situation that are like, it's about the characters working towards something together. Working, like, yeah, like, working like not, toward, not like, for themselves, of... towards themselves, all yeah. that. Like, you know what I mean? Like it is specifically about the characters and not so much about the situation. Right, um, right. And not necessarily, not just about like, because it feels like in the first one, they're like trying to be there, but there's like this, you know, the cooks have always been there. It's just the job, right? And right. in season two, it feels different. Like, their motive is, like, they want to be there, right? They want to do the best version of this restaurant, right? So, I think right. that that changes. It becomes a much more... The first one's, like, people are just trying to make it through, trying to, you know, deal with, um, you know, grief and, and, and hard situations. And then season two is, like, it. it's subtle, but it changes it's, it to being... That's what I mean. When I watched it, I, I think when I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, I was like, it's much more romantic in what it looks in, in how it views the world not necessarily in like a like love way but just like how it looks at food how it looks at you know improving yourself how it looks at uh... that's that's ultimately what i was gonna say is that like like you said the first season is them dealing with shit as it comes because that's their job mm-hmm. and you what you just said was um whereas like now it's that they want to be there and they want to be at this good restaurant but i think mm-hmm. more specifically it is them wanting to be the best version of themselves they can be with the restaurant being the catalyst, I guess is what I'm saying. Like yeah. it is about each character becoming better, a better version of themselves. Um, which I think actually probably makes, uh, gives like a couple of the episodes in season two, like some real, real weight. Yeah. Um, uh, and gravity that I, I think works well for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the show also filmmaking wise, like is oh, great. There's like, um, they're in the kitchen and then the, there's like, I remember one, she like takes out a knife and like the camera like pushes in kind of like a spe- like a, a Scorsese movie, yep. just like whoosh, crash zoom into them. Or, you know, of course it's like the long take episode. There's like these mammoth, like lenses that like su- are like supremely, especially in season two, supremely close up. Like somebody's face takes up the whole TV. Like it's like somebody's like from their from the middle of their forehead down to their chin, and they're having a conversation. And you can see like every single little pore, um, especially between uh, him and Claire. And I think there's a couple episodes yeah. where like Sydney's talking, and it's like you can see like her little um, gap tooth. Yeah. Oh, and I mentioned uh, the, the actress who plays Sydney. She's in bottom. She's one of the lesbians. 
I thought the, the, uh, I thought I had recognized the name. Yeah. I was like, I remember this name. And I was like, is she in this movie too? And I mm-hmm. like, looked it up and saw that while we yeah. were talking about it earlier. But, um... But anyway, yeah, so it, it, filmmaking-wise, it's not, like, this is another one where it's a, it, it's a, it's a half-hour drama, but, I, and there are some funny parts. Um, but, there are a lot of funny parts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very funny, but it's it primarily a drama. It's just that it annoys me because it's put in the, it's a drama that has funny parts where people look at it and they're like, well, it's 30 minutes. It's a comedy. And it's like, yeah. you know, Barry's not a comedy. Barry is very funny at this point, but Barry started as a comedy, but I see Barry's more of a drama now that just happens to have funny parts. And I feel like that's how it is with this one, yeah, especially with sure. um, season two. But um, there's like actual craft behind it. Um, for sure. Every time. Yeah. And I think, I think the, where it shines is specifically, and it's, 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 God, it's so perfect for the show specifically. But, like, where it shines is the moment cooking or food actually comes into play. Like, that's when it goes, all the camera work goes as hard as possible, right? Like, like it's time to start cutting steam. Crash zoom on a knife. Like, it's oh, getting yes. busy. Mm-hmm. Crash zoom on this. Like, like, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like a fire and, like, real, like, you can and it's see, like, like it, it, it does the chaos. Like, it does the chaos so well, both visually and narratively. Which is mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, w- did I honestly think? All right, if you'd have asked me, is a high end restaurant chaotic? I would probably, I would be split. I'd be like, well, it's a high end restaurant, so it should be like a smooth machine, right? Like a well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, but also to do anything at a high, like at an extremely high level, I think is inherently kind of chaotic. And yeah. I feel like they do a good job narratively of explaining why restaurants are so crazy to work. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like, and then after it's told you that and told you to expect that, it does a great job of visually showing you or, or visually portraying shit getting out of hand. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like. It's smash cut after smash cut after smash cut. You know what I mean? Like, they're just fucking moving left and right. Every It's a different person every four seconds when shit's hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it gives you that feeling, right? Like, yeah. the, the long take episode is, like, one of the most nerve-wracking things I feel like I've ever watched. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, when I started, started it, it was, like, 21 minutes. I was like, what? What the fuck? And then by the end, you're like, okay, yeah. I couldn't have handled one more second of that. Um, Bro, I, it's, it's it was it's the same but the opposite. Like like I I didn't see that it was short. I started watching the episode, and it, I, I'm it's like fucking I'm on my I'm on the edge of my seat. Paid for the whole thing, only needed the edge. Um, mm-hmm. I, and like it gets to the end and it's over, and I'm like. Oh fuck, bro! I could have I could have sat here for another twenty minutes of just fucking. I wanted it to be. Uh, I haven't seen. I actually haven't seen it, but like the the Transformers reset, like the last hour is just one giant action. Oh scene. yeah, mm-hmm. like that's I wanted that one hour of just fucking nonstop uh, shit going on. Um, um, you were saying about um, you know about like work ethic and and like showing. Um, like like whether it would be hard to work in a kitchen like this and in I know you haven't seen it yet but this you know it it's it has that same sort of uh through line of um uh whiplash where okay. it's like the show and I guess the movie as well although the movie's much more like open ended about whether or not it's worth it um the show goes well, you know to to be great you must push yourself 
And I mean, I guess the show does it too. I mean, even toward the end of season two, I was like, oh, this is the whiplash moment. Because in whiplash, there's a scene where somebody basically says, I can't be in this relationship. I just can't do it because it would mean that I would have to give up something that's like right. about my talent. And I just can't do that right now. And it's borderline like sociopathic, right? To be yeah. like, I, I cannot enjoy this love uh, because therefore my work. And it's like, well, dude, there's like, right. But it's like, if you really want to be that guy, you have to be there 12, 14 hours a day, right? He's getting the call. You can't answer that call. You have to answer about the fucking pipes and about the thing and about this and about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think it does a great job. I haven't seen Whiplash, Uh, but like, I think the show, the one thing it does well is it doesn't, man. All right. So a normal person, if you're like, uh, to be the best chef in the world, you have to fucking have literally nothing else going on in your life, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like some people will be like, well, that's fucking stupid. I think this show does a good job. Again, don't know Whiplash if it does this or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it grounds that uh, sentiment in a very accessible emotion, which is that, um, sp- uh, spoilers for the bear, uh, mm-hmm. his whole issue is that, like, aspiration to be the best is like kind of uh like a fleeting kind of idea and feeling for someone to just watch but like the feeling that causes him to break in this way is that i've let everyone down which is very accessible uh for uh, for a person right mm-hmm. like his mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the reason he comes to this final moment where he's like i can't fucking have anything is because he's so torn up about the fact that he's stuck in this fucking fridge because he fucked up and didn't call the fridge guy like the yep. fridge guys yep. brought up like four different episodes and, and like it's like specifically his fuck up and like he has let everyone down now granted it goes well Right, but it's like he still has put everyone else in a situation where this is his thing and he cannot help, uh, and it is one hundred percent his fault. So, like, I feel like it does a good job of grounding that in a thing that everyone would understand. Right, like mm-hmm. Claire hears it and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Like that's awful. Yeah, and but like, and you're like, "Fuck." Your first thought is, like, you fucking biffed it, right? You, mm. Like, to Carmen. Mm. You're like, God, you fucked it up. But, like, you're never like, you're a fucking idiot for saying the things you said. It's right. like, no, I get why you said what you said, but you still fucked it up. Right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like I, I, like, I feel for him as opposed to thinking he's an idiot. I guess yeah. is the best way to explain it. Right? You're like, you're so empathetic towards him in this situation. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I feel like this scenario in in other shows, you'd be like, "Oh, you're so stupid," and like, the, like you would expect it to be a moment where the character learns and they 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 one eighty, right? Yeah. But like this happens in a way where you're like, "Fuck!" Like, I, like I literally walked away from the episode being like, "You fucked it," but like, it just is what it is now. As right. opposed to like a go get her, you know what I mean? Like, like no, nah, fight for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're just like. Nah, you're right. It just has to be nothing. Right. And I even wish if, it didn't have to be that way, but it is that way. Yeah. But even, yeah, you, like you said, he's like, go fight for it. He's like, even if you did, you know the kind of guy he is. Like, he'd just fuck it up again. Like, he's not the kind to... Um, and, and I think they did a good job of 
him they've shown him not fucking it up so it's not that he's incapable mm-hmm. it's just that like literally like who he is to his core his character is like i i can't let people down you know what i mean like that's my thing like i can't be the reason that something has gone poorly and at right. my restaurant that is going to be you know what i mean like the, i yeah. have to make sure that's not the thing right um, right right like, because he did successfully have the relationship, right? And, like... Right. You know what's funny is that, like, the moment... I a, a, a lesser... Not a lesser, but, like, a standard movie, he has the conversation with his uncle... I can't think of his name. Um, yeah. And I, I've seen the actor Oliver in Black, things. Yeah. He's okay. so good. I, I was going to touch on base on him. I was going to touch, touch about... I can mention him right here, here real quick. Anytime he gives a monologue or he's talking... I'm like, why isn't Oliver Platt in fucking everything? Because he gives <laughs> these monologues like about the banana stand and just the way he talks and the way he he like um, carries himself in the show is so goddamn funny. Um, like when he's offering what's his name, what's uh, what's his name, a, a job, um, a cousin, a job at, in the flashback yeah. episode, or at the end when he finally gets the banana and the thing at you know when he when he it's on the plate, like it's so good. And he's kind of the closest thing you have to like a real antagonist because he's gonna take the shit if it doesn't work. But then at the end, when he shows him the banana, you like, like you just go, Jesus, like, oh, it's so good. But anyway, continue. Sorry, I wanted to just yeah. touch base. On yeah, his 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 relationship to the characters is so weird because, like you said, he is he is ultimately like, if the antagonist is not the restaurant itself, it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it, he's not a. Uh, he he's like an inevitability. He's not an active antagonist, which is that like he you're not like wow this dude's a giant piece of shit the whole time. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah, just like yeah. it's just like yeah. And, and so the moment with him where he's like he's like you know I've I've been I've been dating someone. He's like I'm I've never been happier in my entire life. But I say this with like the utmost like it's like oof like like yeah, he's like. Yeah. I like I love that for you, but like you, you had like this has you have fucked it. Um, like now you're going to have to choose either you're gonna fuck this restaurant, or you're gonna fuck the other thing, and you know like I'm happy for you, but it's your choice to make that you're gonna fuck something. And it's so yeah. like a, another show would have him be like the restaurant's not what's most important. You know what I mean? Like like blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And like for him, it's just like nah, like it really is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's and, and for multiple reasons. Um, so the other things I want to touch on this just kind of briefly before because I don't I don't want to spend too too much time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that flashback episode was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It is slightly distracting to see all these super famous people that you've seen before in other things and have never seen before in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when John Mulaney walks in the door, you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, it just keeps happening, like him and Bob Odenkirk. Like, what? What the fuck? And then Sarah yeah, Bob Ode- like, oh, and then what? fucking mom, and it's fucking uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. You're like, holy shit! They got Jamie Lee Curtis for this. Yeah. That was my thought on Jamie Lee Curtis. Was the same thought I had when I said I couldn't believe that Travis Scott got Beyonce on that fucking album. I'm like, <laughs> How did you get Jamie Lee Curtis for this? Um, Fresh off the Oscar win, right? Um, and it's just like, God, that's fucking insane that you got all these people. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I, I think um, this might be something that you you were gonna touch on, but I feel about the show the way it felt about Succession 
before I talked about it last season, where like I don't want to see this go to like season five, right? Like four, sure. maybe even four, right? Like because it's like one of those things. It's like how long are you gonna keep being like the restaurants? You know, we shut it. You know, like fucking John Taffer's gonna be like, we're shutting down, shut it down, right? Like yeah. th- there's only so much we can do, or you, you know, like what, what would the angle be in the next one? Like that the, 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 the restaurant does well, then it's like there's the, there's no drama there. So of course the restaurant's not gonna do well, but it's like what happens after that? And so you know, I think I think next season, I, I man, I really hope next season is the last season. I don't know if that's. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah, even even that, yeah, even just being like, here are the best three seasons of like a restaurant television show you've ever fucking seen. I'd be like, perfect. That is all because I need. You have you have a season about the restaurant, you have a season about the characters, and then you have one more season of everything, uh, the culmination of the restaurant and the characters together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're gonna obviously you're gonna have to have some conflict. I think they've set up a pretty reasonable conflict, which is that like this. It, like even they've set up that even this restaurant could be fucking perfect and still go under like they oh yes yeah they've made yep. it very obvious that that mm-hmm. is 100% like oh god what is it yep, i feel like there's another movie that says something almost exactly like this but basically it's like you know sometimes you just fucking lose like you know yeah. what i mean like you, there's nothing you fucked up uh you just lost um, and yeah. like, I feel like they've done a good job of making that a possibility. And so you can have one more season, I think with a legitimate conflict, that's not the same conflict you already had, which is that like, now it's a smooth running machine. People know their place. They do well. Everyone has grown and like just circumstances may make this thing fall apart. And so it's just going to be, I have to imagine the season, the next season is just going to be them trying to claw every bit they can to stay afloat and yeah. you know if your season ends with like they end up with the full fucking wait list right and like people right. want to come there they get the star that like that's a season and it ends that is a fulfilling season and your show you're like wow that show fucking killed it right like you know what i mean like <laughs> you're happy with that ending yeah um and it just all feels great and i so i hope that season three is the last season because i think it has the most straightforward answer to how you can pull it off and have a nice, neat bow on it and it not run itself into the ground. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing. Yeah. Kind of like Succession where I was like, there's only so many times Logan's they're going to be like, I got Logan. And then he fucks him over. Right. right. And same thing with this. It's like, there's only, it's only so many times that I'm going to be like, wow, how are they going to get out of this jam? Right. Like. Right. Before it becomes sort of. um sort of uh, repetitive and i would love to see what the what the writers and creators what they want to do you know i want to see a uh, i think it's a or io or another stuff i want to see i forget is the guy main actor's name like um Ty, tyler something something like um Jer- I'd love to no see uh the, the jeremy jeremy allen, jeremy white. allen yeah. white right yeah but like i'd like to see him in a bunch of other stuff or um cousin's name always fucks me up <laughs> ebon something Wait what? Yeah. I, I've never, I've, I've never seen this guy in anything. Um, he was in Ebon um, Moss. Uh, his name Ebon Moss. Oh man! Alright, no, so, right, here's Black the thing. Rock. I didn't realize that's who that was. I saw his name uh, before you even say it. I saw his mm-hmm. name in the credits, and all I could think of was a Drake line in a song. I can't remember which song it is, but it's like. 
all my dogs eating off of Baccarat plates. And like his last name looks like Baccarat. So I was like, every time I saw it, I was like, all my dogs eating off of Baccarat plates. Um, but yeah, so Eben, Eben Moss. Baccarat. Apparently, yeah. Baccarat so is how I would just probably I first saw it. him in, in the show Girls, and he was great in that. And then I guess he was in The Punisher. And he was in No Hard Feelings. He had like a little tiny bit part. And he was great in Andor. So I, I saw him in Andor, the No Hard Feelings, and then in The Bear as well. So I'm like, this guy's... And again, if he gets any bigger, I feel terrible about this because if he gets any bigger, the two biggest people to come out of the show girls, like the two most famousest people are going to be Adam Driver and this guy, Adam Driver, (laughs) are going to be men, (laughs) maybe even three, because there's a guy named Christopher Abbott. He's in a bunch of little things. And I think he's just on the, he's, he's, he was in a movie called Sanctuary. He was in the movie uh, Possessor. And he was in a movie with Gerard, uh, Gerard Carmichael. His name's Christopher Abbott. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but... Um, All right, so, man, I, he, here's the thing. I just looked up a picture of him. He looks familiar, and I have no idea what it would have been from. But he does look familiar. Because, yeah. And I think he, he's, he's, like I said, he's, like, right on the cusp of being, like, huge. He's really good in everything he's in. He's, like, uh, charming. He's a good actor. Um, but anyway, so if he gets bigger and Ebon <laughs> gets bigger, the three biggest people to come out of gir- the show Girls are going to be men. <laughs> I mean, the best, the biggest one is already a guy. It's already Adam Driver, right? Right. Um, an all-time actor already, right? He's he's like uh, Jason Tatum. Like he's already potentially maybe borderline Hall of Famer, you know, and he's only been in the league since like 2016. So, um, it's like that, right? Or I always crack up. I'm like, God damn it. I mean, Allison Williams <laughs> is popular, famous too, but you know, yeah. Um, if he could, he, they were saying he could be um, in one of the um, the Fantastic Four. He could be one of them. If he gets cast in one of the, one of the Fantastic Four, it's over. It's top two. It's, it's, <laughs> it's over. Sorry. Unless Allison um, Williams is cast as the Invisible Woman, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over for you. Um, God. So uh, so yeah. So um, back to the the flashback episode. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I fucked up. In that, I didn't realize that episode was going to be an hour, and I ended up staying up later than I needed to. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, like, um, God, everybody's great in it. Like, as much as John Mulaney is, like, so like every time you see me, like John Mulaney, like <laughs> he's not just doing comedy bits, right? And he's good as like he's good in this episode, right? Right, like, like, right. He had like, there's the moment where Richie and Mike both are giving uh carmy shit about claire yeah mm-hmm. and then like they walk away and like the only person left standing there is john mulaney and he literally just goes no nah, it really is a good thing and like like he the two guys are joking and john mulaney's the one that gives the serious like note and it, it like feels like you're like ah great i love you <laughs> like mm-hmm. um Bob Odenkirk is such a small part. Like, I know he's in it a lot, and he has, like, a very kind of substantial role Mm -hmm. in it. But, like, ultimately, all he does is just make a couple wisecracks, I feel like. Right. And he's like, you're a fucking loser. You're you're a bum. Yeah. (laughs) Throw another fork. Motherfucker, throw another fork. Um, Bro, all right. But the star of that episode, one, well, all right. The two stars of that episode are uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's great. Mm -hmm. And, like... Man, all right, so I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it is. I feel like, based on that episode, John Bernthal is too good of an actor for, like, his most notable things to be The Punisher and The Walking Dead. Yes. 
Like, oh my God, but yes. the thing is, here's where I'm stuck. Is it just because he's really good at playing a psycho? Like, like the Walking Dead, his character loses his fucking mind, and in this show, he is like an uncontrollable force of nature, right? Like, like he's just like right. a fucking like a tornado, a human tornado. And so I'm like, maybe he's just good at playing that. And like when they try and put him on other shit. Also, the Punisher is kind of a fucking crazy person. Um, yeah. So it's like maybe you know, anytime I see him from the show, it's that clip. It's either the clip where he's like, I'll do it again, I'll kill him again, or something like that. Or when he's like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. And he's like oh, screaming yeah. in the chair. <laughs> yeah. And that's like um, all I've seen from that show. So it's like, like you said, it's like him losing his mind or him fucking going nuts. That's like what people... Yeah, um, and he's so good in this. Like, there's the... God. <laughs> oh, man, the funniest bit and the most tense bit is the fucking... John Mulaney gives grace in the very last thing he is, and he's like, and... You know, I uh, I want I, ho- I hope that God graces his food and that he gives Mike the strength to not throw that fork he's oh, holding yeah. <laughs> or like to put down the fork. <laughs> yeah, and it's just such a tense fucking thing the whole time. Uh, it, God, he it's so good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. Also, uh, to the end, I was so surprised when I saw him at the end of season one. I think, or maybe yeah. close to the end of season one, mm-hmm. they talk about Mike, scene, but I don't think you right? yeah. see him until. Like, either the very end or close to the end. Yeah, I think he and has, was, like, a scene, like, with him. Or maybe, like, a couple scenes toward the end of the season. When you see, you go, oh, that, oh. And, and it kind of makes sense why they would reveal him just be, based off, like... Like, for me, like, I know John Barenthal is, but, like, I, I can... I, like you said, I imagine him as, like, not a loose cannon, but somebody who surely can be very charismatic, right? Even though they have, right. like, something underneath. Right. And that's exactly right. what they needed. Somebody who's like, well, you know, he obviously killed himself, so he must have had something. But somebody who can definitely trick people into thinking they're okay. Yeah, and like it was so weird when I saw him because I was like, it fits, it's perfect based on what we know. But I'm like, you were why like why did you pay there had to be someone cheaper you could have paid to to show up in two scenes and like do nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there had to be somebody cheaper, easier to get uh and would have been fine and then like i wonder if they had this idea for this flashback episode from the very beginning you know what i mean like i wonder if they had mm-hmm. an idea that like they wanted to touch on his family <clears throat> past and in order to do that we did need somebody who can play michael extremely well and so that's why like from the very beginning they're like we'll just get john bernthal to do two quick scenes and then we'll bring him in later yeah um Alright, so the uh, that that's the flashback episode, incredible. And then the the only other thing I want to touch on is that long uh, episode or the long take episode. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolute chaos and the the oh, man. All right, so uh, he blows up, right? Like mm-hmm. he he has his fucking he you know he loses his shit. Yeah. The next episode. He texts her. He's like, the way I acted was not okay. She's like, correct. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, she's clearly like, yeah, you're a fucking lunatic and I hate you. Um, uh-huh. Man, all right. So here's the, I wonder how, how did you view Carmi's behavior as it happened in the long take episode? And, and I, I have a reason that I want to ask. But like, when you it, saw him in that episode, yeah. were you like, this dude's out of fucking control. Like, was that I, your thought? I was like, this out of control. It's it's like somebody who was like, 
he's got he's like the fucking he's like that that the the shot of spider-man in spider-man homecoming where he's trying to hold the fucking boat together that's in split in half yeah. right and he's like oh fuck i don't know <laughs> right and yeah. it, it's like somebody came through with a, like a fucking pair of knife uh, scissors and just like ding 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 ding, ding. and it, he just had enough he just snapped i mean the man just yeah. snapped right i think if it would have been season two he maybe he just like calmed down a little bit more or maybe even earlier in the season but i think just the fact that he's ha- been through so much shit and then it's like, yes, okay, fine, let's do the online ordering. Okay, Jesus Christ, okay. And then it starts to go, and it's like, it, it, it's it's an issue. It's a problem that, you know, he was kind of hesitant to, to enact anyway, and then it just right. came out, you know, it, it just kind of compounded. So it's just like the, the, right. the, I, I guess the gigantic straw like, that did broke you, the camel's back. Did you, did you, when you watched it, did you come away from that thinking, like, wow, Carmi's an asshole? Is that is that like the thought you had? Because he, the reason why I say this, my, my whole point, is that he loses his fucking mind. And the show, based on the next episode, clearly says, like, that was unreasonable, right? Like, the, Chloe make, the show makes the statement that that yeah. was unreasonable. When I was watching that episode, I was like, nah, like, he's right. Like, like I know he's, like, acting like a lunatic, but I was like, I wouldn't even give a shit. Like, in that... I feel like in those shoes, I would be the exact same way where he's like, it's like the thing for me, the point where it's like the thing that he blows up on. But like, ultimately, it's like the 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 reason why I would also blow up is that like one, like you said, I was hesitant to do this to begin with. And and you were the one pushing it and you're the one that fucked it. Right. Like like Mm -hmm. you left the pre-ordering thing on the whole time. And so now there's no way for us to complete everything. And, like, the the thing that sets him off is he's, like, I mean, he's already set off. But he's, like, let me get in here and fix it. And she's, like, no, it's okay. I can fix it. And he's, like, get just get the fuck out. Like, I'm going to try and fix this. Get the fuck out of my way. And she, like, kind of fights him on it a couple times. And then he's, like, get the fuck out of the way. And, like, Mm. I can 100% understand that feeling. I've had that feeling before where it's, like, you fucked it. I'm going to try and fix it. Don't make, like, get the fuck out of the way and let me fix this. <laughs> like, and, like, I realize he's losing his shit, but it's just funny. Like, I, the show clearly makes the statement that that is not okay. Yeah. And, like, ultimately, I wonder if, like, a well-adjusted person watches that and they're like, wow, Carmi's just out of control. Whereas I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, guess I just saw it and I was like, God, this guy just snapped. Um, but I was wondering how they would handle it in the next one. Like, cause I, don't, I really don't think that they would have been like the show would have continued or anybody would have come back if he hadn't apologized or been like, man, that was out of pocket. Like I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know? Um, but in that also, moment, I, I, just to say, I also feel that is me. Like, like there are times where I have been like trying to fix a thing. It turned into a whole fucking thing. I'm, uh, I'm sure a raging dickhead in the moment, but I do always have the wherewithal to come back and be like, look, I'm sorry. I should have yeah. done that. But like. I was, it, shit was just hitting the fan and I needed to fix it. And I feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, they do a great job of that in the show. And like, I, I was like, oh, it's me. I was like, oh, he, me, it, me on the screen. I was doing the Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio snapping at the TV uh, pointing when he was like losing yeah. his shit. Um, I just thought that was funny that I was like, yeah, no, I get it. And I was like, I bet most people, like the fact that the show comes and says like, no, that's not cool. I was like, most people must watch that and be like, no, that's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that episode's so good. good. Also, I love 
I I love that he has just submitted to defeat in that moment at the very end. He like just fucking crouches down. He eats the fucking uh, donut that he slapped on the floor. Yeah, and he's like, God, that's fucking good. I mean, and he just, just like stands up and he's like, yeah. smiling as he walks away. It's just it's fucking great. Mm. Um, God, that show's so good. Uh, yeah. All right. So for real, last thing. Uh, one of the moments that I like love the most in the show was uh, I watched the whole first season and half of the second season thinking Richie is just, like, an irredeemable piece of human dog shit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he's funny to have around, but, like, he, he sucks. Um, and then he, he has his episode. And I loved the fucking... She's, like, drive, and it plays... I guess I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that's Van Halen. Because, like, he says multiple times, like, I'm not, I'm not this way... Cause I'm in Halen. I'm in Halen because mm-hmm. I, I am this way, and so yeah. it's just like, God, that's such a uh, maybe not necessarily camera work, but it's that same idea, right? Like mm-hmm. we need to take the time to frame this and get it to to look right because we want it to be more than what it ha- like has to be. I guess yeah. like we want it to be more than the bare minimum. So they do that moment, and then they're like, "We're coming in with the fucking the rock music because we've already set up that," and it like. It feels so good when you're watching it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he starts handling it, and that's playing in the background. You're like, ah, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, his episode, it's speaking kind of like how you said you were like, how they get Beyonce on this in this track, right? I feel like that's how I felt during that episode where they got the Taylor Swift song. I was like, damn, how they get the Taylor Swift song? Back? Oh, yeah. I was like, what it's the like, fuck? Like, Beatles, like, her and the Beatles and Beyonce are all really, really fucking expensive. Like, if you hear yeah. the Beatles in a, in a show, you're like, damn, they, like, splurged. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I loved this episode. That That's like probably my second favorite of that season. Actually, probably, probably third favorite. I love the finale. I think the finale is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, you know, and there's like long takes in that one too. You know, when he's putting it together, he's like, how much time you got? And it's like going under and and then he's like, no, no, let me write it. And he does that sort of like directing thing. Yeah. Um, he's like, how much time you got? Like five minutes, right? Starting now, go. Right. And they do like that sort of in real time. Bro, he hits the five minutes thing. I'm like, oh, it's Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, God, yeah. This, this show is so fucking good. Um, it, it really, God, it's so good. Oh, uh, fucking, God, they do such a great callback where uh, Marcus goes to train with the guy for the desserts. Mm-hmm. And, like, the guy's like, yeah, you know, I thought I was the best. And then he's like, I ended up in the situation where another guy was next to me, and he was so much better than me, and I couldn't even believe it. And he's like, I got so much better by just accepting that I was second, but I needed to try and keep up. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. That that episode happens, and the whole time I was watching that episode, I was like, he's talking about Carmi, isn't he? And they don't tell you. And so, like, you forget about it. And you're like, okay, well, whatever. And then... The I think Richie's episode, he's walking out and it's that dude and and Carmi and you're like ah it was him like you know what I mean like it's like two episodes and you're like ah it was it was him it was great guys ah, no bitch they got me <laughs> yeah, exactly I'm in uh, yeah so that was that was great also uh, no bigger glow up for any actor ever in terms of physical appearance than that guy I don't oh know yeah Will Poulter yeah mm-hmm. uh, the fucking we're the Millers kid yeah mm-hmm. hey we're the we're the Millers fucking nerd um like bro in this show in this show he fucks (laughs) he fucks for sure he's adam warlock in the third guardians he was supposed to be pennywise for a while there um when it was um a different director 
So, but yeah, he's he's like the next like leading man. Like, well, yeah. yeah, I'm 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 hoping to see. Or I'm excited to see what he does next because I thought he was great in the Guardians movie. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that one, so I need to watch that one still. Yeah, and he's uh, great in it too. Yeah, it's very funny. Good deal. But yeah, all right. Sorry. So, uh, how to with John Wilson? Uh, since I spent way too much time on the bear. Uh, how to with John Wilson? Uh, the final season. I caught yeah. up and did manage to finish it. Um, so I'll let you take away on this one because I feel like uh, this one does the thing for me that like uh, God the thing that you feel with music where you're like I don't really know like I have to really think about it a lot more before mm-hmm. I can say about it this that's how I feel about this show I'm like it was great but I was like I don't really know like like I know it's good but I couldn't tell you why is the best way I could explain it like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing right, but he's doing something. <laughs> he's doing something right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the third season was great. I thought it was kind of what I mentioned in the last season, and I think, or the last episode, and a couple, you know, when the first sh- the show first came out, which is that the first season feels very haphazardly put together, sort of it just kind of happens, you know, episodes just end. Whereas season two and three, it sort of comes together. Like in the third season, I think it's episode one or two, when he makes that, uh, um, I forget what the honeycomb thing is called in New York, but he makes it out of piss bottles, right? Like it sort of brings oh, yeah. in the thing, but it also brings the piss bottles and it's the same color as the, God damn it, what's the thing called, right? And it's about sort of public spaces and like how yeah. something as simple as a bathroom, the most basic human thing, if we're not careful, it can just be eradicated and taken over and corporatized. And before we know it, it, it something as simple as, you know, that or something can be corporatized, like, um, buses uh you know socialized hair like basically anything that can be made a buck off of will be unless we mm-hmm. save it um and so like, like i said you know the, the third season sort of all the episodes sort of start, start to bring stuff together in the end he always does like a little thing like the one where he has what is it the the, the laundry mat that that Right, like that. Oh yeah, you the, pay the with... cooking stoves, laundry. Yes, or right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Where you can, yeah, you can borrow shit. Or he makes doesn't he make like a coffin out of his car or in the shape of his car yes, or something in the like shape of like... a shitty little Volvo. Yeah, fucking, the tiny coffin, and he parks it at the Boston Market. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So stuff like that, right? Like that's not in season one. That's like you know he he sort of starts to bring it, um, you know, thematically bring it to a close. Um, and dude, that whole thing where people park in their cars for an hour and a half, that is like 100% true. Like I went to visit my friend who lived in Brooklyn and we were, um, while she worked, uh, me and her husband went up to the rooftop and he's like, look, you can see people down. And then on the opposite side, like down on the street, on the opposite side of the road, they were just like everybody in their cars, like just hanging out. And then when the, when the, when the street washer comes, they just move out of the way and they just go right back because there is no parking they just like hang out there and it's like if you get lucky you can use your wi-fi that's like right outside of your house and that's how people with like laptops and books and shit fucking like ridiculous fucking insane it's insane um and um but anyway so yeah so so the show as a whole it's just like it's like this window into like the most like like the lady who's isn't she like selling a house or something right she's talking about real estate and she's like yeah i dated a serial killer and she's yeah. like, yeah, he, he would just, like, leave, and then, and, and he just, like, and he kisses him, like, how did you know, or, like, what happened? He's like, well, you know, he left, but, you know, other than that, he was a nice guy, and you, and it's like, wait, what? Like, how did you, <laughs> how are you, how are you here? How, how did, how did he find you? And even something small, like, right, like, it just, like, instantly showing 
an insane amount of humanity in like 10 seconds. Like in the season finale, there's an old man who's moving the organs, like the actual, like the musical instrument organs. And he's like an old, old man. And he's, he's like, you like, uh, and, and just like, he's like, he goes, oh, you, you, you like Star Trek? Because he sees like a Star Trek thing. He's like, yeah, you know, but I hope to still be on this earth when we put a man on the Mars, right? And he just like kind of looks up wistfully. Like it's this guy, like, right? And that's all you yeah. need. And in that instant, you know exactly the kind of guy he is. And all it took was just be like, oh, you, you like Star Trek over there, huh? and just like like these little tiny portraits of like like i'm sure he, sp- he speaks to these people for forever and gets like 30 seconds of footage if that right like mm-hmm. the guy i think it's in the season finale or the one just before it where he orders the pizza and he, the guy shows up and he's like hey can i come in and then it cuts to him inside and the guy's eating his pizza and he's just like yeah you know we have a kid and you know mm-hmm. we're trying to make it you know cooking and stuff and you just get little snapshots of like his wife down the hallway and like all the the, the frozen milk in the fridge and stuff and like something yeah. it, it's like it, it, it doesn't matter but it's like the most important thing that he could show in that moment right like it, right. it's just like this slice of life um and that's what i think i love about the show the most um it's just and, and not to say like there's like people who he spends a lot of time with like um the guy in the season finale who like castrated Bro. himself dude like Bro. the characters i will like i i don't i will he, never forget that man i'll never forget that man and, and it's like <laughs> one of those things it's like you know in the season in the episode before he's like well what's real was this cop really a real old cop right like the whole thing with the exploding yeah. car thing right but in my mind i'm like how, how do you even come up with this man who like works at this place <laughs> that freezes yeah. you and then he slowly started to castrate himself in the 60s and you know he wants to just <laughs> keep his head in the future and have you have you seen that like there's like three or four people that are in that episode involved with the cryogenics that have like come onto reddit and talked about like just like random shit like they they're like hey this i'm the guy from the cryogenics thing and he's <laughs> one of them like, oh he, no they, his his like co-workers at that place like he 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 had he he had seen Reddit before, but he never made an account, and never used it. And they were like, "You should like post on there if you want." And so like they got him to like make an account, and he has a post on there that showed up today, I think, um, on the how to with John Wilson subreddit. And it's that guy, and he's talking about you know he, he it's like kind of a long post, but he's just talking about mm-hmm. everything. Um, I'm just like, holy shit! Like these are real fucking people, dog. Like <laughs> it's just like yeah, right. And it's it's like. I, I don't it you it, it, like I said like you know if aliens came I want to be like this is what humanity was and that because we were all like this sort of level of bizarre or because for the most I think most people aren't but just to be like this is what we were capable of like we weren't even trying to be like coming up with weird people right we just were right like the the I think the two people who the two the two groups of people who like I think about the most from the show are the vacuum cleaner people and the avatar people. Like two people who like the vacuum cleaner people are so fucking weird. Like uh, so so the avatar people are weird in that like I feel like I'd hang around them and listen to talk and be like mm, y'all are fucking weird. Um yeah. but like the vacuum people are somehow both more normal and more chaotically weird than anything i would imagine which is that like i feel like you could be around these vacuum people in public and they would seem normal whereas the avatar people i feel like if they're in public you still probably be able to tell they're kind of weird 
<laughs> the vacuum people could disguise themselves as normal, and they'd be like, "Yeah, what's your hobby?" And they're like, "Vacuums." I mean, like, the fuck are you talking about? Right, and it's like, it, it, like it, what about them, dog? <laughs> And I think even they don't know how to describe it. I think all of them sort of have the same. And it's interesting because he talks to all of them. And all of them have the exact same origin story, which makes me think that there's a mom. uh, They were all like kids. Literally all of them were kids. And they would be like, yeah, and I just really like them. Right. Like, it's like it's like there was something deep in them that like spoke to them like as a like vacuum cleaner. Right. And you'd be like, well, maybe it's just because they like the old ones. Maybe they sounded different. Maybe they missed like their childhood. But then you know what's fucking teenager there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That was the shit that confused me the most. Out of this whole episode, out of them having a whole fucking convention about vacuums, the thing that confused me the most is there's a kid that's like 13. Is it 13, He's like, yeah, right? I'm in the vacuums. I'm like, in the what vacuums. the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah. And that was, yeah, and like, I, like as I'm watching, I'm like, that is... Doc, why aren't you into video cool. games, dog? Like, why are, <laughs> you're not into TikToks, bro? You're into vacuums, hoovers, <laughs> dog? Like... <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I, 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 yeah, and as I'm watching the episode, I, that's what I love, you know, when he's talking about telling his dad, and he instantly, he wasn't even like, well, my dad was like, that's what he instantly, he was like, my dad was like, yeah, he was all cool with it. He was always asking me questions and stuff. And like that kid talking about it, and like when it panned over to him in the crowd, I was like, like, like he's gonna do it. And I was like, wow, like that's like incredible for him that he was able to, I'm sure, unlike these guys who probably found the, this group later on because of the internet or because of, you know, uh, Reddit and stuff. He has already found it. So he is already set. He's more supported than they were at they, at his age. Because I'm sure when it was just right. when it was just him, when they were like these 50, 60-year-old guys, you know, it was like 20, 30 also, years ago. Also, like you said, like his dad was like, yeah, sure. Like those other dudes, I'm sure, in the fucking, whenever they were kids, whatever year that would have been, if they'd have told their dad, like, I think I want to like just focus on vacuums that vacuum like, fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah like um what's it like and they have all those old ones and then they have those competitions <laughs> right the competitions were the most batshit thing ever because <laughs> like who gives a shit <laughs> i could here's the thing out of everything i could see being super into like the history uh like of, i mean i could never do it but like to me there's still something there right like yeah the history of vacuums the technologies how it's evolved over time like that but i'm like who gives a shit how it actually operates like you know what i mean like who gives yeah. a shit about like this one does clean one percent better like fuck you bro cares <laughs> mm-hmm. hey the super big one ridiculous i can see how that's interesting when you're just putting oh, yeah. two vacuums beside each other and they're just vacuuming some shit up, like, stop it. That's an ad. That is not something you... Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is our vacuum against the leading competitive vacuum. Like, 33% yeah. less passes. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, why are we doing this? Right. And it's, it's, it's a sort of enthusiasm typically reserved for something like cars or... Right. Um, What's like something that sort of has a? Because I'm sure people who are super into cars have a similar attraction to them that these guys have for vacuum cleaners. Where it's like when I was a kid, you know, my dad used to rev the engine, and I loved the sound, and it felt, you know, different, and I felt it in me that I wanted to always talk about cars and be around cars. Except these guys are vacuum cleaners, and it's it's like incredibly fascinating. Being like, there's clearly a through line through all these guys that we can't see and they can't quite vision verbalize. Because even Brent, he mentions it, he's like, hey, have you thought about how the fact that it's like it's all guys and like none of them know why exactly because it's not literally like it's like a particularly 
you know, cars you understand maybe a little bit because you'd be like, well, you know, um, stereotypically men have always been into cars and women really haven't just because it hasn't been their space or they haven't felt welcome in right. that space. But there really isn't like a, a, a sort of um, reason as to why it would be mostly men, especially considering that, you know, stereotypically the vacuum cleaner is sort of a cleaning product that sort of fits more of like a typical um, yeah. Again, all their things are like gender role. Yeah, all their things are like my grandmother used to have this. My mother yeah, was my mother. Yeah, exactly that. right. And he's like, yeah. I just love just being around it. So it, it's so interesting how he finds this group and he finds him and the Avatar people. These people who, you know, you go, well, it's just like a regular. You know, it is. It was the biggest movie of all time but like people don't really talk about it that way and they like love it but it, because it gives them like a sense of community that they wouldn't otherwise have and like you see them and you're like wow like what what is this world of oh, the guy who like you said like from season one who fixes the um mandela effect signs or um i'm trying to think of who else the lady who's like he's he's, he's describing he's like yeah i do a show for hbo and he's like yeah but like what if that goes under, right? Like, what do we? <laughs> what <if> we do? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you you do uh, shows. And I said, well, let's see how that goes. Um, uh, it was for the tax purposes, right? They were seeing what they could write off for the show. Oh yeah. And he was like, you know, <laughs> it was like, what do you do for a living? He's like, I do shows. And he's yeah. Like, and she's like, oh okay. The motherfucker who has that truck that just oh it was glares. no it was sorry it wasn't taxes. Go ahead about the truck, but it was uh, the woman that um. It was when he was trying to get the house. He was yes, trying to yeah. get the house. She was that trying to approve his like credit or financial mm-hmm, stability. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, but go ahead. What about the truck? That, that guy who just he's like, yeah, my neighbors. I annoy my neighbors by just blasting this the giant air cannon. The giant air cannon. Or he's like, want to see the flamethrower? <laughs> and he just says, my favorite thing is, God, like the flamethrower. The moment the guy burns it, John's like. Oh fuck! Oh, oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, the guys uh, living off quote quote off the grid in Jamaica Queens. It's like what? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I, and so for that reason alone, like, and in thematically reason, you know, aside, like, being with your neighbor, you're gonna have to deal with sound, and it's just a part of it. Or you it's, know, it's the funniest with, thing yeah. about that to me is it's such a wild overreaction, like, uh, or not overreaction, like the guy yeah, with the I truck guess. or. Yeah, like, um, God, what's the word I want to use? Escalation? Uh, escalation. That's what it is. Like, it, uh, man, all right. Uh, I mean, there's, it's not the same at all because it's much more complicated. But it's like Pearl Harbor, they they bombed a dock, they destroyed, and we were like, nuclear bomb. Boom, escalation. Mm. <laughs> like, it's such a giant escalation. Uh, and But, like, he's like, yeah, these motherfuckers are driving their ATVs up and down the, the fucking driveway. It's like, where did I get a giant sound cannon yeah. on my pickup? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like, I could see why that would be annoying, but I also see how that's, like, a kind of normal, mundane thing. And they're like, yeah, and then he built a giant sound cannon and just fires that motherfucker off. God, bro, like, why? Why is that your response? You know what I mean? Like, right. You're supposed to like, I'm going to build the biggest, loudest fucking thing ever, and I'm going to just gonna blast go, it whenever yeah, I can. Yeah, it's just going to kaboom, right? It's such an escalation. Um, yeah, that dude's wild. Uh, the There's so many little, like, moments. Mm. So, like the sh- All right, so, like, 90% of the show, what, like, you're enthralled with in the show has nothing to do with John Wilson. It's, like, the people around him. Right? Like, mm-hmm. 
so much of it is not John Wilson himself. So, like, anytime John Wilson himself does something that catches me off guard or makes me laugh, it's, like, extra good. Which is that she's, like, the fucking, the bird-watching lady. She's, like, oh, yeah. you know, even, you know, if you see something and, you know, even if you don't think it's that exciting, we, we uh... You know, we we train ourselves to whenever somebody says they saw something, you go, wow. And he yeah, goes, yeah. He goes wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the least wow. enthusiastic uh, wow. Look and at that, the over there. Yeah, she's Incredible. like, wow, look at that. And he, he's, like, he's like, oh, wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he goes to the doctor, I told Zinni, I was like, that's me. He goes... He's like, how long have you been uh, been a doctor? And he's like, oh, since 1999. And he goes, oh, that's when the Matrix came out. <laughs> uh, when he goes back to his college, and he's like, he's like, this is used to be my dorm, and it's just like these teens. And he's like, ah, I used to hang out here. Or those frat. He's like, what are you doing here, bro? And, and he's like recording them from the street. Yeah. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, oh yeah, that was great. Um, the fucking Matrix action figures, uh, killed me. Uh, <laughs> what was it? The old, what are they talking about? He's like, have you ever seen this? And I'm like, is that the one with the, the green, uh, number? And he's like, no, that's the Matrix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh, remember no, what was, the original one is supposed to be. Uh, oh, no, no, he's, he's like, he's like, no, he's like, is that the one with the Matrix? And he's like, no, 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 that's the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie they were talking about, though? That oh, um, it was that. something that I sort of thought about as well, that I was like, oh, it's like that movie. God, it's like a sci-fi movie. I, I, I can't remember know. off the top of my head. It wasn't like I, Blade Runner, was it? No, it was something okay. else. But the guy goes, he goes like, yeah, is that the one with the Matrix? And he goes, uh, no, that's the Matrix. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, God. Um... Yeah, it's just there's so much like weird shit going on in this show. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned really like what most of the show is like the little crux, especially at the beginning. He's like, he's like, you know, he'll be like, like, and I think we mentioned it last episode where he'll be like, you know, we're gonna, you know, sometimes you take a crack at a thing and it's like a crack in the street. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's like, you know, you try to be subtle but you can't. And, that's, and people taking like a phone call with their light on, the the flashlight on. And yeah, stuff like that, right. And it's just like little things like that that you you sort of look. And it's just so like, like how I said, you know, it's like it, it's what we were capable of. It's like that in just like the street way. Like you look around the street, and there's like people wearing like suits, and the same people are wearing next to people wearing a dress, wearing uh, joggers. Like it, basically, yeah. it shows New York City and just in general, quote quote, the city, just a city as like this collection of like everything, right? Like, right. Just like anything you can imagine, it's there. Yeah. Um... Yeah, one of my favorite things is that like, man, this is this is weird. I've seen, uh, man. All right, have you ever seen on YouTube the it's uh, the account is like Wired, and it'll be like, uh, and astrophysicist answers questions about blah blah blah, and it's like oh, Twitter yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so I saw one of those about like the memory, like memory stuff, and how memory works, and they have a guy who was like one one of the memory Olympics, right? And he explains how the memory palaces work and how they remember stuff by like walking through a place they're familiar with and associating certain things with whatever. And mm-hmm. my favorite part of that, cause it's in this, he has an episode, right? Um, where he talks to a woman, she explains memory palace is that he does his example of a memory palace and it's not at all like how it would actually work. Like that's my favorite thing. Like, it's <laughs> just some <laughs> fucked up version of like, 
him naming random awful shit he sees. Like, <laughs> like, because it's supposed to be that, like, there's a thing that reminds you, there's a thing that is connected in some way to what you need. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it's hard for me to explain because I, I I don't know it intuitively, but I've heard it explained. Mm-hmm. But, like, when he's walking through the street and he's like, and I see uh, vomit on the ground, which reminds me uh, I need to get cleaning supplies. And it's like, that's not yeah. how that works. Like, Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. you know, your mind just, like, you're just working in a different <laughs> right. mindset. Yeah, you're just literally remembering shit. So you're not doing the advanced technique, you're just remembering. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, that um, killed me. Yeah, But I think ultimately what the show sort of goes is that, you know, you might catch a glimpse of somebody. You might see somebody on the train. You might see somebody at the store. And you might your first instinct might be like, they're weird or they're different or like they're, they're like the, 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 the Mets super fan, right? Like everybody, yeah. Every time you go to a, as a, a baseball game, a stadium game, or whatever, any kind of game, there's always one or two people who are like the max. Like they have like cowboy. Like you always see them in the NFL stadiums. Like they have like the Cowboys have like a guy wearing like the fucking uh, WWE Road Warriors uh, yeah. outfits, but they are look like the Cowboys and they have like the, the fucking hat. Raiders guy. You know yeah, what I mean? the, right, yeah. exactly. And you go, those are people are fucking weird. And then he just goes home with him. And it's just this guy who loves and Mets who's taking care of his dad, right? And then you instantly go, oh, I don't know. It just, it, it sort of goes. My favorite thing about that example is you, right, you're like, this is fucking weird. And he goes, and you're like, oh, no, he's kind of normal. But my favorite thing about that specific example mm-hmm. is you get the vibe that the dad's like, nah, he's fucking weird. Like, the dad yes, is like, nah, yeah. he's fucking weird, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, he's, you know, 50 years ago, it's whatever. He's, I forget what he says. It's like, man, if you could see me before I died or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, just the, this window in basically being like every single person you see on the street is this level of unique. And I think learning that, I think, was probably what the show, um, what, like its main goal was, I guess. Right. Um. What do you... Alright, so just... What is your favorite bit from the whole show? Because I, I know mine, and it's weird, but I don't know why. It, it was, like, the thing that got me... Made me laugh the hardest, I think. Um, I enjoyed it the most. Do you have one bit, or do you want me to go ahead and tell you what mine was? Yeah, go ahead, and I'll try to see if I can remember The bit that killed me the most, the absolute bit that fucking murdered me, is... He's at the fucking MTV spring break. And they're like, you gotta stop turning around. You're ruining all of our shots. And then it shows the feed from MTV. He's just standing right. in the middle. He's standing looking, looking up into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> that shit killed me. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Like, he's he's just... Everyone, everyone's fucking looking at... Polly D arm pump. He's just fucking standing in the middle, just turned around, just looking up to the skies. Ah, oh, bro, that shit killed me so much. I think probably, I don't know if it's my favorite of the show because I can't quite remember all of them, but I do. I love the one from season three where he gets into that portable bathroom and he's like, "I'm gonna see what happens." And the music kicks up and it's like a fucking hurricane in there, and he's like, ah. "Yeah, he's like." He's like, what I learned was that uh, the floor is basically a giant button, and you can trick it into thinking you're leaving by standing on the sink. And I did it. 
<laughs> the fucking water starts shooting. <laughs> it's like a full blast hurricane. He's in there and with I feel like, like and shit. And, <laughs> and I feel like he is like, I can't remember exactly, but I feel like the whole time he's like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, he's like, ah. He's like sitting on it and the music's like the classical music blasting on it. Oh, oh man, God, that is great. Oh, man. And then, like, the, the callback to it when he, like, the fake airplane bathroom one killed me. Oh, yeah. He's in his fucking <laughs> socks. Uh, uh. I was like, oh, this is, like, the overflowing and... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but uh, How To With John Wilson. You know what's funny? Three seasons deep, I still wouldn't know how to describe this show. I was to just going to say that. I was like, so finally, to wrap up the show... I was, you know, how to, like, how would you even, the only way I could tell people would just be like, just, I, I don't even know, because I think most people don't want to just watch something if you just say, just watch it, right? Like, they'll be like, right. well, what is it? What's the hook? But it's like, I, I don't, it's not a documentary, but it's not scripted, but it's also not like a real tutorial. It, it's, it, it's not sketches or skits. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, it. So, so I've gotten two people to watch it at work or at least start to like watch an episode or two. And the way I've described it so far is that I'm like, just imagine a dude that wants to film everything he ever sees. Right. And then I'm like, and then imagine that he has ADD. And so like, when he comes across anything that's interesting, he just fucking dives deep into that fucking hole. And then if he, if he's down in that hole and it branches to the right because he finds something else, he's just gonna fucking go down there. <laughs> like, and then you know, after thirty minutes of an episode, the place you you finish at has no semblance to where you started like you you have no idea how you got where you were going exactly like you don't uh, even remember being like and then it, you know you'd have to go backwards right you can't be like this episode's about this be like wait he went to this because yeah he i did this, that when i was then... when i was talking about the last episode to somebody I, like i didn't tell them what happened or anything but i or like i didn't tell them any of the bits but i was mm. like fuck all right so how does he, i was like how does he meet this guy that he meets at the end i was like so he because uh, I can't even remember what the name of the episode is. The name how to of the track episode, your package. How to track your package. I was like, so he tries to track a package, and then he comes across a dude with some Michael Jackson stuff, and then I'm like, I can't remember exactly I how he gets there. I honestly but he asked about was... an or- He asked somebody about being an organ donor. Organ donor. Yeah. And then he goes to a guy that ships organs, and then he goes to organ pizza, but it's not. It's not organs like body part organs it's organs mm. like the musical organs and then and while then he's he there, there he meets another guy <laughs> like it's the most <laughs> like, like, asked him about being an organ donor and he says well i can't because i'm freezing my head and he's like all right well can you take me there and yeah, that's okay, when he's like can we go home it's God, just, and it's just yeah no he's fucking you're just, it's so fucking weird you're you're doing the fucking charlie uh always sunny thing right strings and shit everywhere trying yeah. to piece it together. yeah <sighs> Yeah, it's it's such a weird fucking show, but it's so good. Yeah. God. Um, so, yeah, definitely happy I got around to watching that. Um, between that and The Bear, I've watched two very quality shows. Uh, yeah, so, yeah you're, you're, you're like um, batting 100, you know, or yeah. batting 1,000. You're just like hitting all the great stuff. Definitely. Great shows. I have to figure out what to watch next. Um, 
Chernobyl. That'd be a good one. I was thinking oh, about the shit. other day. God, Chernobyl is so I've never good. seen Chernobyl. Yeah. That's definitely a good one. All yeah. right. I mean, that's I'm how on. the guy got um, The Last of Us. Craig Mason. That's he, right. He got that because, I mean, HBO gave them that budget because of that show. And it's so good. And I think it's only five episodes. And, dude, it's... It's so good. It is. It's not. You might think, oh my god, it's gonna be like five hours of just the bleakest shit. And it is. You know, it is dark. It's bleak, but there is. You know, there's like lighter moments. Um, and it's it's a lot like the bear in that if you are somebody like me who like sometimes like likes watching competence porn or like people who are really good at their job just be really good at their job. It's like mm-hmm. that, right? Like when when people are on it on the bear, you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. And when people are like figuring out stuff on the fly and, and, and making it happen in Chernobyl, it's incredible. Yeah. So does, is this, I don't even know what this show is actually about. I mean, like, I know it's about Chernobyl. Is it mm-hmm. about Chernobyl before shit goes south? It's like when, like when it goes south and then like afterward, like why, like what happened? Okay. Like why did it explode? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That, that's what I'll watch next. Um, so good. I'll let you. I'll let you know what I think. But yeah. uh, I, I, do you want to just call it the episode on this? Because yeah, this, this has been a long one. Yeah, we can uh, wrap up real, real quick on fantasy football. Just like how we feeling? I'm, uh, feeling, I'm not great. feeling great. I, you... I was feeling much better until fucking Lamar Jackson put up five points. That shit broke my soul. I think so many... a, I was like, new offensive coordinator. He's got weapons. He's still a running quarterback. And then it's like he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the best quarterbacks was like Jared Goff. So I think it, across the board, Joe Burrow had three points. Dak Prescott had five. I mean, depending on how you score at home, you know, uh, what's his name? Jared Allen. I didn't know what he had, but I'm sure he didn't have a great one considering he had three picks. Josh um, Allen. Who did I say? Jared Allen. Was... Oh, sorry. Yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, Daniel Jones was god awful. So I think, you know, I think across the board, all quarterbacks were shitty. Um, yeah, I mean, literally the leading points. The leading, uh, I guess, point getter, the 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 scorer, is the Cowboys' defense. So, like, I think you're goddamn one was, right, you're goddamn right, we're back. But I think you know, it's it's it it'll level out. I think Lamar will be much better, and I, and I think so will Dak and Joe Burrow and, and Daniel Jones and everybody. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, so I'm not not feeling great about my fantasy team. It, I'm not doom and gloom yet. Also, I could have won week one, but I like, I was looking at the projections right like saturday mm-hmm. and i put rashad penny in and to note not questionable not doubtful not probable nothing and so i put him in and then like sunday morning i'm doing shit all I'm, sunday i'm pretty busy all day um and like i turn around and look at my phone and it's like zero points. I'm like, I just must be having a bad game. And then I like look back later after the game's over, and it's like, uh, coach just didn't play him. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, a healthy scratch, right? He, I yeah, he was, he, he, had... he was projected for like seven or eight points, and they're just like, yeah, no, nah, he just didn't play. Yeah. Fucking DNP coach's decision. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. What is that, bro? How, are, how do a... you go from being projected eight to like the coach didn't even want to play you? Dude, if that, you were projected is... three, and then the coach didn't play you, I'd be like, okay, I shouldn't have been relying on this absolute fringe guy. But, like, stop it. It's the fucking worst. I hate it. I forget who had, like, one catch. Or maybe it was in a different league. I had a guy, he's like, no catches. Oh, Drake London. Drake London. Number one wide receiver. No catches, no yards. I didn't start him, but it's like one of those, it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, like, 
and people are giving Arthur Smith shit, the coach of the Falcons, because he doesn't use like him or Bijan as much as he should, or Cordero Patterson. It's like fine, but like like you said, like to be zero, it's like do you like hate having no. good players, right? Like I, I don't know, but um, those are the worst when it's like yeah. I did everything I could, I put him in. Why didn't you play him? Like is that even a carry? Like did he fumble and you like scr- like scramble to see if he fumbled? Maybe that's why. It's like no, yeah. they just didn't feel like it. <laughs> they were like, ah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like they told my man to not suit up like he was in civilian <laughs> clothes on the fucking sideline and i'm just like why what happened <laughs> they were telling him i saw they were telling him get ready to learn canadian buddy <laughs> oh man yeah now so uh you know maybe if that doesn't happen this week i can still win uh i'm i'm projected to lose against uh my arch nemesis so that's unfortunate <laughs> uh, i think it's week one. There's third. What is it? Eleven weeks to go. I think. Yeah, I think. When it when it gets hairy is when you get to um, like Halloween and it's looking a little funky. Then it's when it's yeah. like, oh god, okay. <laughs> the worst. The the worst though is when things have been bad and you get to Halloween and things are starting to look good and you're like, I don't. I just don't know if I can catch up in time. <laughs> like, oh, like yes. your team starts winning and you're like, I just don't know if it'll be enough. <laughs> <laughs> little engine that could. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, between fantasy football, what, how do you feel about your team so far? You, eh, I won 87 to 85. So it's like, yeah. it could have easily gone bad. Right. But yeah, I, I don't, right now it's, especially like I said, with the quarterback doing badly, I'm like, you know what? Not too bad. In a couple of weeks, I'll be like, I terribly, I picked the wrong guy. I can't believe it's <laughs> come to this. Oh my God. But so far just fine. Like nice, even kill. Yeah. So, um, but God, Cowboys look fucking dominant, bro. He looks so fucking good. Uh, Gilmore looked good, uh, bro. All right, this this we're, hey, we both predicted Cowboys to the Super Bowl. This is we're gonna be right this year. Let's yeah, fucking I, go. Let's go. And <laughs> I, I'm not trying to get too happy. I was talking to my barber today. I was telling him I was like I, earlier today. I saw a clip of they had the 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 players mic'd up on the sideline. And they were all, you know, like, you know, it's the whole game. Like, you know, like oh, pick, right? And, and and I told my barber, I was like, in that moment, in that exact moment, I thought, I was like, Ever, you are at the precipice. Because here is where you make the decision to go all in. Meaning you're going to watch the back, you know, you're going to watch the behind the scenes. You're going to be reading the reports. You're going to be watching <laughs> clips. You're going to be going all in, right? Like, I told mm-hmm. him, I was like, in that moment, I was like, if I don't, you know, I, it, it's a line, right? Because there's like being a fan, there's being like a super fan that comes with reading the injury reports, reading, watching all the videos, watching the hype videos, watching the highlights of the game the next day because you want to get that feeling again, like that kind of shit. Like, yeah. like when you feel, if it, I was like, I told him, I was like, I think I'm gonna be fully committed, but I have to be very careful because I know, I know where I'm gonna go, <laughs> I know where it's gonna end up, and it's gonna be even worse because I'm gonna be so committed to watching right. all the clips, all the highlights. Um, and it's going to be awful, but it's like, I told him, I was like, I watched that three minute clip and I was like, you know what? I'm fucking in. I'm watching everything. I'm reading everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking DallasCowboys.com to read their fucking articles and reports. Yes, like, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh. Right. I might even download a podcast by oh, the Cowboys. <laughs> Not even unbiased <laughs> podcast. Just right. for they, suck, they suck the Cowboys dick the whole time. <laughs> And you're just like, yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. You're doing the fucking Jack Nicholson nod. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, don't even that's... bring Lashawn McCoy around me. I don't want to hear nothing. 
Oh, God. All right. Well, that's the episode this week. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at Team Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. You can catch the podcast at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us, DifferentAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Peace. See you.